Sunil Vidami opens your gateway to the brave new world of work on The Next Shift. The radio show that explores the exhilarating, the innovative and the unpredictable in the rapidly evolving world of work. Every week, we delve into the uncharted territories of groundbreaking technology, innovation and mind-bending trends that are upending the way we work, live and play. Prepare for a captivating expedition to the zenith of human potential as we intelligently examine the challenges, opportunities and potential pitfalls that lie ahead. From the rise of automation and artificial intelligence, remote working and the emergence of groundbreaking new industries to decentralised workforces and radical income models, the explosion of virtual reality offices and the rise of digital nomads. The next shift empowers you to not only survive, but also thrive in this new era of work. Sunil Vadami opens your gateway to the brave new world of work on The Next Shift. Only on Disrupt Radio. This is The Next Shift with Sunil Vadami on Disrupt Radio. Working from home to hybrid workplaces, finding the right side hustle or meaning in what you do, how to work with AI before it takes your job. Work is changing faster every day and the future of work is already here. How do you navigate office politics via Zoom? How important is diversity when everyone's working from home? And how can you manage a bad boss or that Gen Z intern? The Next Shift with Sunil Badami. We challenge and inspire you to adapt, evolve and become an unstoppable force. I'm Sunil Badami. I've had more jobs than I've had haircuts, including as a journalist, broadcaster, academic and researcher specialising in the future of work. And together we'll explore the future of work today and how you can shift up to the next level, wherever you work, whatever you do. Welcome to The Next Shift on Disrupt Radio. Hi, I'm Sunil Badami. Welcome to The Next Shift on Disrupt Radio. Well, with millennials, that's the people born from 1981 to 1995, now the biggest cohort of workers in the workforce, and Gen Zs born from 1995 to 2008 starting to enter it, it's making for some very interesting management issues for Gen Xs and baby boomers. And it's not just us. In 2021, a New York Times article, the 37-year-olds are afraid of the 23-year-olds who work for them. Sound familiar? About millennial managers finding Gen Zs even harder to manage than they must have been when they started work, went viral. In our episode on understanding Gen Z, we explored some of what makes this newest cohort of workers tick. How can we make our work relationship with them work and manage them and our own expectations and possible frustrations better to ensure we get the best from them? Today on The Next Shift, we'll hear from some managers who work with Gen Zs for their tips on how to work with them. I'm Sunil Badami. Welcome to The Next Shift on Disrupt Radio. Well. From the headlines and sometimes drinks after work, many older managers and workers are either frustrated by their Gen Z starters or even a little bit frightened of them. They're the most educated, most progressive and 
well, let's face it, most vocal generation ever, more than happy to tell you about what you did wrong or could do better. And as baby boomers and Gen Xers like me start to retire, there'll only be more and more Gen Zs coming into the workforce. So how can you harness Gen Z's incredible energy and technological abilities to ensure that they can get the job done without you losing your nana? You'll remember Alex Light, the Managing Director of Concrete Playground, a digital city guide that helps you find the best and most interesting things around you in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Auckland and Wellington. Who spilled the tea, sorry, the beer, on his side hustle, Bolo Draft. Working in advertising and the media, Alex knows a thing or two about working with Gen Z and he's here to give us his tips on working with them. Disrupt Radio. Welcome back to the next shift on Disrupt Radio, Alex Slider. Great to be back, Chanel. So there's a lot of discussion around how hard Gen Z are to manage. I don't know if you remember that infamous New York Times article last year about 37-year-old millennial managers afraid of the 23-year-olds who work for them. And as the parent of two Gen Z teenagers, I have to say, I am absolutely terrified of them as well. How true is that? How do you find working with and managing Gen Zs? I, I don't have that same experience. I mean, I really enjoy working with Gen Z. I absolutely think there's no shortage of confidence and ability to speak up, but I really welcome that. I don't find it's difficult. I really do welcome that sort of two-way conversation. And I think having the ability to get feedback and actually being able to respond to that actually makes the workplace better. So I, I, it is challenging or it creates work and it's not as simple as it used to be, but I definitely think it's a better two-way conversation. I mean, it reminds me of that old Mark Twain quote. When I was 20, I thought how little my father knew. And when I got to 40, I realized how much he did. Do you find that in terms of the way that Gen Z tells you what you're doing wrong or what could be done better? I mean, are they always right or is it just youthful hubris? Look, again, I think it's about context, right? Like I work in a digital media business today and digital media businesses need to be able to adapt to the way that people consume content online. And the people who are at the forefront of that and are changing the way the language flows, changing the way that content moves around the internet, changing the way that media companies work are Gen Z. So it really, they really are the canary in the coal mines, if you will, to help us actually understand how to make our business better. So in our industry in particular, actually welcoming that conversation and inviting it and acting on it is critical to our business's success. I mean, on one hand, of course, Gen Z seem to be very forthright with their feedback, but equally, they also seem to be very fragile if you respond to that feedback or to them in a less than positive way, or at least that's my impression. What have you found in terms of that conversation? Look, I mean, sir, you and I are on a university advisory board, and I think for me, talking to some of the lecturers and the people in universities that are getting students fresh out of school who experience COVID and had a couple of years of working from home, the general trends they're seeing is that these people are, in this cohort coming through, are technically fantastic, but really struggling on the emotional and the social side of things. And that it's almost like they've lost two years of that social development. And I wouldn't necessarily call it fragility. I just think there's a level of experience that comes in 
spending time with people, being able to read non-verbal cues, being able to, to operate in group settings, being able to communicate with others across age groups, across different, having hard conversations. that just comes with time and it's no different to generations before. But again, there's almost, this generation has almost lost two years of that development. So I wouldn't necessarily say they're worse as a generation. I just think they've had two years of development taken away. Recent surveys have suggested that 70% of workers would like to continue to work from home and up to 50% would rather quit than returning to the office. What have you found with your Gen Z reports in terms of wanting to come back into the office or not? Sure. We have a hybrid setup in our business. So we're three days in and two days out. And that seems to be a good mix. You know, I think importantly, like having the clarity around why we come into the office and making sure that's clearly communicated, what the value of it is, what the role of the office is, why, why it's an important part of their work. And for us, that's about collaborating, working on things together and learning opportunities as well. Making sure that that's really clear so that they understand the value of the office and the role of it. But at the same time, having that flexibility and the ability to go away and work separately works relatively well. Like from personal experience, like before joining Concrete Playground in my current role, I spent two years not working in an organization. And after two years, I just found I was terribly lonely. Having worked by myself from home and really just missing that interaction with coworkers that you get as well. So I, I think it's just a really important part of social development and as well as your actual career and professional development. It's just about having real clarity around why so that everyone in the organization understands and is aligned on this. A lot of Gen Zs have said that they're concerned, especially early start Gen Zs, that they're not getting that kind of mentorship that they get in the office. But, you know, it's interesting. We've been talking a lot in organizations and management about bringing our whole selves to work. And Gen Z are very vocal in a way that we weren't. We kept the personal and the professional very separate, but Gen Z are very vocal about their mental health and personal issues and things like that. Now also being, I guess, a purview of their managers now that their managers are also mentoring them. What do you think of that? And how have you been able to help your Gen Z workers cope with those kind of adulting issues? Look, I mean, there's no one-size-fits-all approach. I mean, I think, again, every one-on-one relationship is different. And I think just approaching it that way and actually being empathetic and listening and being able to help coach and guide and give contextual feedback and advice to help people grow is is critical. There's no silver bullet. There's no one way that fits all. I mean, for us, what we've tried to implement is just some really simple policies that like, you know, if, if someone is struggling with something mental health related, there is mental health leave, no questions asked. Being able to be responsive, flexible, understanding and supportive where necessary, but also as managers, being able to have conversations around, okay, here are some resources, here are some support structures, here are some additional things that you can learn from to help grow your capability, both from an emotional as well as from a professional perspective as well. So 
there's a real mix of organisational and one-on-one ways of coping with those things. You're on the next shift on Disrupt Radio with me, Sunil Badami, and we're finding out how to wrangle Gen Zs from Concrete Playground MD, Alex Light. I guess the thing is a lot of managers like those 37-year-old millennials who are afraid of the 23-year-olds who work for them have found that there are clear boundaries that Gen Z will have around work and life balance. And it has fed into a perception that like millennials, Gen Z are a bit work shy or job hoppy. Yet surveys have also suggested that Gen Zs are working harder, especially outside of work. What's your experience of how your Gen Z workers are working and how they're performing? I don't think there's much difference in terms of job hopping. Again, I think every youthful generation gets tarred with a similar brush. I think when 10 years ago, millennials were in their sort of 18 to 24 cohort, they would have exactly the same criticism to them as well. I think that's just a part of being young, figuring out who you are, trying to understand what you want to do in a professional environment and, and driving your career forward. So I don't think there's a significant generational difference in, in terms of job hopping. In terms of working longer hours, I do see in, just in terms of like, time spent, but yes, there can be a fair bit of bleed between work and personal time. And I just think that is a factor of two things. First of all, the fact that anyone can contact you at any time on any device. And it's very, takes discipline to be able to set up boundaries and actually stick to them. And that takes experience of learning as well. But I just think for this generation, it can just be tempting to keep working and not establish those boundaries or not as you learn and have the discipline around work, being able to establish your own personal boundaries and put work down when the time is right. How have you gotten the best out of your Gen Z employees? The same way you get the best out of of every employee. I think give them an output, a goal, and give them the latitude to figure out the best way to get there, give them the tools to help them and give them support and advice along the way. So set an objective, allow them to figure out the solution, but help guide them and support them along the way. How different are they to manage in comparison to say millennials or Gen Xs? I do find they need more constant check-ins and support. But again, I don't think... It's a generational divide. For me, I think it is very much a level of experience divide. And the fact that millennials are 10 years older means they've got 10 years more experience in the workplace. And managing them is a completely different to managing people that are in the first sort of 10 years of their career. Now, we all know about the generational warfare between baby boomers and millennials, which seems to have completely washed past the latchkey kids of intergenerational warfare, Gen X, you and me, how do millennials and Gen Z get on? And is everyone still ignoring us, Gen Xs, Alec? Look, I think having worked for a media organisation that was the voice of millennials for a long time at at Vice, I I think it's really funny watching Gen Z take down 
millennials and paint them as uncool. I think every generation will push back against their parents' generation. So it's not necessarily Gen Z pushing back against millennials. Gen Z doing the opposite of Gen X here. But, you know, I think it's amazing to watch how fashion trends just like flip-flop from one extreme to another between generations. It's amazing to watch how behaviors on social media and memes and all of those sort of things like really do change significantly within a generation because that's what your parents or that's what the other generations did. Every generation needs to find its own language and find its own sort of common way of kind of interacting as well. So yeah, I do see a fair bit of Gen Z versus millennial content, particularly on, on TikToks and the like where it's really pointing out the differences. It's classic generational theory from one to the next. Although, isn't it funny? I All the clothes that I can't wear anymore because middle-aged spread, my kids want to wear because apparently the 90s are back in again. I don't have that problem yet, but I'm sure it might. Thank you so much for joining us on The Next Shift on Disrupt Radio, Alex. Great to speak to you, Arsenal. John Lydon's the former managing partner of McKinsey Australia and New Zealand and considered one of Australia's most influential management consultants, helping some of Australia's biggest companies and organisations to do more and better. Of course, McKinsey recruits some of Australia's best and brightest graduates. So how did John get the best out of his Gen Z hires and how did he help his clients do the same? Welcome back, John. Good to see you again, Sunil. Great to see you. A lot of people have talked about the challenges of managing millennials in the past. And now millennials are finding that they are having some challenges managing Generation Z. Is it a generational thing or is it particular to each of these generations? And how have you gotten the best out of Gen Z recruits? first thing is don't expect them to be the same as you and don't even expect them to be the same as those millennials that you probably struggled as a manager to accommodate all their weird preferences because the people entering the workforce now have high aspirations now, they want to succeed. They want to be able to buy a home. They want to aspire to a position where they can have impact and leadership and all of that. They also have much broader beliefs. They might be willing to follow your instructions and learn the ropes, but very soon they might want to have impact beyond just getting more sales or doing more transactions or mining more tons or whatever it is. They want to improve the world, make it a better planet, make it a greener planet and better for people as well as making profit. Unless we start engaging and talking to this generation, there's a real risk that they'll come in and seek to do those things outside the workforce through activism or coming together in other ways where the opportunity for business in particular but also government and social organisations is to engage them on how those organisations can add value to the planet and people as well as make money. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Next Shift. John Lydon. Thanks, Sunil. Thanks for having me. You may remember Saskia Lowe, branding and strategy agency, the Zoo Republic strategy director, from our chat about flexible work. You'll have seen her work in branding and campaigns for companies such as BWS, Ampol, Johnson & Johnson, Mowat, Hennessy, Optus and more. And like many of us, 
She was perplexed by Gen Z employees, especially when the pandemic first brought everything to a crashing halt. But since then, she's discovered how to really connect to her Gen Z workers and how to get the best out of them. Thank you so much for coming back to The Next Shift, Saskia. It's been such a pleasure, as always. Oh, it's always wonderful chatting to you, Sunil. What do Gen Z really want? Is it the money or is it training and feedback or work-life balance or, I don't know, low pro- high-protein muesli bars and a hammock? I think it's all of the above and I think that's what makes it complex. I think some of the millennials that I had managed in the past were far more around the training and the experience. I think these young people want it all. And I don't mean that to be that's re- in a really demanding way. It's not. But it's a, it's, I think it's far more about personalising it. Get to know me, get to know the individual. I know across our team there are people that are at slight, a slightly different stage of their life. Money might be more important to them. I can tell you one thing that's not that important to them anymore, which I've found is the title. We climbed for titles. We wanted to be an account director or a group account director. That is not what this is about there. It is the job satisfaction. It is getting, it's still about, yes, obviously being remunerated well, but doing meaningful work. And I think they also want to find that balance. Yes, I'm happy to go and market X, Y, or Z product, but what else are we doing that's pro bono? Or what else are we doing to give back to what clients are we working on that are committed to sustainability? There's got to be cultural relevance in some of the work that we're doing. And I think it's the meaning in the work and the purpose in the work, I think that they search for probably the most out of any of the things that you mentioned. A lot of people perceive Gen Z to be entitled and needy, but recent reports have suggested that they're actually working harder than ever. What have you found? I think like anything, it's finding the right people, but I think that really we've got into this great operational rhythm now. And as I mentioned before, I think it's understanding that work in context We now know how to get the best out of them. And because we can allow them to have that flexibility, particularly on the days that they're at home, I often see people logging on later just to get across some work for tomorrow morning. And I think that's great because it's that initiative and kind of self-start or building kind of independence. And I actually think it's working particularly well. I don't see any of the young people that work for us taking advantage of the flexibility of the workplace now. And I do see them working really hard and I do see them wanting to, I don't know, achieve the right results and to be able to feel proud to report back, this is what I did and this is what I've done. And if that means that you want to go for a walk at lunchtime or go and do yoga, I'm all fine with that because I know they get the work done and I think it's that the foundation of trust that we're building with them. Yeah, they work hard because they know that we appreciate it and we value it. How hard are Gen Z to manage? They seem to be a lot more fragile or at least a lot more upfront about what they will or won't do or their mental health issues and stuff like that. How have you found working with and managing Gen Zs at the start of their career? Oh, I think it's been abs- it's been challenging, but they're, they're emotionally literate. And I think that's a wonderful thing. They're able to tell you in the past we would, as a Gen X, we would mask a lot of the ways we felt about things and we just push through. I don't mind it because I think that at least it's very black and white. I always know where I stand, some of those younger people. And I think we've got to be, we've got to remember that a lot of these young people have never experienced the workplace in an office. We have two people that currently work for us 
that don't know work before the pandemic. So when we suddenly said it's time to come back to work, this was actually the first time they were coming into the office. So it's a very different world that their career has started in. So I think we also have to be aware of that. I think we've all changed most definitely after COVID and we won't ever work the same way again. And I think I'm not finding it that challenging, I must say, managing these people because they're open and honest about how they feel. And I think it's I think it's actually a wonderful thing. They just want to be heard. I know that can be challenging for older managers like me because it's not the way we did it. But yeah, those days are gone. We need to move on. We need to evolve. And I actually think that a lot of these young people are teaching us a lot more about ourselves and making us much better managers. How did Gen Z make you a better manager? I think they stopped and make me in particular reevaluate my approach to some things. I think we can be quite directive and this is far more collaborative. They want to be part of the journey. I think they most definitely make you stop and think it's okay that people don't do things the way I do them. That's not always right. And they're teaching me new ways of working. They're absolutely teaching us far more about the way people connect from a digital point of view or a social point of view. And I think we used to incentivize our staff by taking them out for drinks or dinner or having a day off. It's far more around training and spending time together, quality time together. And I think that only makes me better at what I do. I think the connections are far deeper with my staff now than they have ever been. How hard is it to create those connections? Oh, I think it is. I think it's particularly challenging because you're retraining yourself about what they really want. And sometimes that's hard to get to the bottom of, but I think it's a much slower burn to get that connection with these people. I know that with our team, it's taken a while to warm them up, but now I start to see that they're saying, I really love coming into the office now or on the days that they weren't going to come in, they want to. And I think building a culture now is so very different, but it takes more time. It just takes more time and they want to be part of that. So we've been running quite a lot of sessions recently asking them, what do you want to do? How do you want to help us shape the culture? Where do you see this company going? How can we help you get better at what you do? How can you help me be better at what I do? And they're all ready to tell you because they're, they are sponges. They know so much. They read so much. You're on the next shift on Disrupt Radio with me, Sunil Badami, and I'm learning how to work with Gen Z without tearing out my hair with the wonderful Saskia Lowe of the Zoo Republic. My children, often I annoy them a lot, and they're always telling me what the right pronoun to use is because I'm using the wrong one. And they're so aware of what's happening in the world, whether it's memes or politics or whatever, and they're not afraid to tell me exactly where they think I could do better. And I imagine a lot of Gen X managers have got Gen Z children. Yes. So why having a lot of experience of Gen Zs personally, is it so hard for Gen Xs to manage Gen Zs or to work productively with them? I think you point out something really interesting because, yes, both you and I have teenage daughters and I take a lot of how I parent which sounds patronising and I don't mean it to be, into the workplace. So I think a lot of the time they know the solutions, they know the answers, the people that are working for us, and I still apply this sort of same rule of 
do you want me to get involved? Do you need me? Do you need me to listen to you? Do you need me to give you advice? And nine times out of 10, they'll just say, I just need you to listen to me. I don't need you to sort it out. They just need to be able to talk through. And I think, yes, I often have to stop and reflect on how I parent and think that's a little bit my role within the office as well, is to really to provide guidance and let them be the best version of themselves. Yeah, and it's a strange way to, to think of it. And I think we've got to be that calm, patient voice within the office environment. Yeah, to lead them wherever they want to go. I think they're very clever. They're far more, they're far more clever than I was. Oh, I agree with you. I've learned now with three women in the house um, that I've often, when someone's going, oh, God, why is the computer doing this all upset about something and exclaiming about something working? My impulse as the dad was to just go in and help. What's the mm. problem? How can we solve it? Whereas, And they would say, no, actually, I just want you to listen. I don't need you to help. I just need you to listen. So now I will say, do you want me to help or do you want me to listen? And if there's one benefit, it's that I get a lot less shouted at. True. And do you know what I also think it does? I think it builds incredible confidence because they just need to talk it through. And the realisation when you see it in their face that they've solved it themselves is a wonderful achievement. And they feel so positive and they know then, oh, I can go to her whenever I need to and just talk things through. And I think that becomes, the manager doesn't become the scary person, the manager becomes the safe space. A big issue for many early career Gen Z workers is a lack of mentoring opportunities in hybrid or remote workplaces or settings. So how do you offer that kind of mentorship and feedback, what feedback in a hybrid way? So offering it to these young people? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think some of them are very scared to do it. I used to find that some of the older people that have worked for us would dive into that. I think some of them were a little bit reluctant. We try and ease them into that even if they're not managing or mentoring people directly. We try and do it even with the suppliers and other people, the third parties that we work with. How can you manage those relationships and work together really well? Um, we also try and do work with our clients who also have younger people working there and get them to come over and hot desk with us so that they can collaborate and share information. Some of them, these young people, it's their first time client side and some first time agency side for us. So we try and get them together and share information. And it's a really easy way of mentoring each other without it feeling really formal. And I think once you start to that, do that, you build some confidence, but it's absolutely part of what they want to do and manage a team. But I think easing them into it little by little is a wonderful way to do it. Thank you so much for your time, Saskia. And I hope you'll be able to give me some uh, management tips for Gen Zs of my own, mainly my teenage daughters. <laughs> I will do my best, particularly with a teenager myself. Well, last episode, we heard from Ashley Fell, Director of Advisory at Australian research company McCrindle, who wrote a comprehensive report, Understanding Generation Z, Recruiting, Training and Leading the Next Generation. So I had to ask her, Given what she'd learned about Gen Z in her research, how does she manage them and get the best out of them? And how have they helped her as a manager? <laughs> Welcome back to The Next Shift, Ashley. Thank you very much. Now you've discovered all these things about how to understand Gen Z. How do you manage them with your knowledge and understanding of them now? And how do you get the best out of them? 
Yeah, I do try and create a culture personally, like I am a leader of some Gen Zs and I feel like for us particularly I try and go down the side, down the line of good respect and banter. I feel like if someone would look at a team that I lead, they're like, wow, do you guys even like each other? And I'm like, oh no, the banter is a sign of respect. There's a lot of good Oh, that's vibes so cute, Ashley. So cute. So, so cute. Oh, well done, sweet. <laughs> that's probably what they would say. They're like, oh, she thinks she's doing a good job. She's actually so lame. Did you see that emoji she just sent? <laughs> she is so old school. She's such a millennial. But I think it is about creating an environment where there is that again that trust and there's opportunities for us to have a laugh and have a good time works not just come in headphones in heads down it's actually moments of fun obviously not too much fun because we're there to work we're not a family we're not a sports team so writing that balance is key but also reiterating purpose and I think also celebrating the impacts like I think a lot of people say oh Jen said they need so much affirmation it's such a bad thing I'm like it's not necessarily a bad thing like they want to see that what they're doing is equating to something is having an impact so moments that we can do that formally but also informally encouragement and that equipping and then entrusting them to do it I think is going to help them and also having a bit of a development plan like they are young in their careers they're starting out they want to see a future in the organization or they want to see how they're going to develop if they're not going to get that here that's I think where they go and look for it elsewhere so keeping all that in mind it's not easy it's a lot of work to be a leader and a manager especially of people of a different generation but I think it is worthwhile Welcome to Parenthood, Ashley. (laughs) I guess the thing is that while we appreciate that Gen Zs need a lot of positive affirmation, and it's something that as a Gen X parent I've given my kids a lot of because I never got that as a kid, Mm. how can we give them the development they need with not necessarily quite as positive affirmation but with constructive criticism of where they could do better? Yeah, absolutely. I think from what I've seen, a lot of the Gen Zs that I've worked with anyway are keen for that feedback. They're hungry for it. They're like, I want to learn. I want to develop. There's been some who I've worked with that that don't want, that kind of fear that. And so you've got to deliver that feedback in a different kind of way or different method. But I think it's in equal part encouragement, seeing things they're doing well and then and speaking that out and encouraging them there. But then also, I guess, in more private situations going, okay, this is where I feel like you could have done something different or next time, why don't you try this in? So again, the way we deliver it's quite different. It's not, you did a terrible job, a bit more hierarchical, autocratic, which the baby boomers experience growing up in their world and their environment. Today, it's a lot, I think, needs to be delivered a bit more softer, We've seen a lot around even the thought leadership around vulnerability as a leader and being vulnerable rather than I have all the answers, this is what you've got to do, barking out orders. It's a bit more collaborative. So I try and deploy that because I've seen it in the research, seen it in the commentary, and I feel like it does translate well. Maybe we need to get the Gen Zs I lead on here to really fact check that. But I feel like, yeah, we've got a good team. We've got a good environment of trust. There are a lot of opportunities and moments for encouragement, and there are also opportunities like and moments for feedback and for criticism. And how has the feedback you've received from your Gen Zs helped you develop as a manager and leader? <laughs> yeah, it's helpful. Sometimes it's quite humbling in terms of you're like, okay, I thought I was doing a good job, maybe not, or they've got to tweak some things. And that's where, again, it's vulnerable vulnerability and you go, okay, I don't have all the answers either. And if that's how I need to maybe slightly adjust things here or tweak things, if that's going to create a better working relationship context, then I'm happy to do that. But yeah, again, it's feedback's hard. It always has been at times. <laughs> so cute, Ashley. <laughs> Thank you very much for that very candid feedback you've given us on the feedback you've gotten from your Gen Zs. 
Look, there's no doubt that, like raising them, managing Gen Zs can be challenging. But I think that's maybe because we often forget how challenging we may have been to manage and mentor when we were first starting out in the world of work, which has changed immeasurably since then. With more and more Gen Zs entering the workforce, managers and employers won't be able to pick and choose who they employ, especially in such a historically tight talent market. Of course, things may change, and when unemployment goes up, Gen Zs might find they need to keep their heads down a bit more just to keep their jobs. But how can organisations expect innovation if they demand that things be done the way that they've always been done? I suppose as the supposed adults in the room, we'll have to learn how to work with Gen Z better because, let's face it, they're not going away anytime soon. But it does need to be a conversation that goes both ways, and While Gen Zs may be eager to educate us by telling us what they want, if they listen, they might learn a thing or two too. Besides, they'll have their own challenges managing alphas in a few years anyway. It's time to clock off this shift. Thanks to Alex Light from Concrete Playground, John Lydon, McCrindle's Ashley Fell and Saskia Lowe from the Zoo Republic for their wonderful insights. You can find out more about Saskia and the work she and Zoo Republic do at zoorepublic.com.au and find out what's happening in your neck of the woods at concreteplayground.com. Find out more about Ashley McCrindle Research and their fascinating work at mccrindle.com.au. So, how do you manage your Gen Z reports or co-workers? Or do they manage you? And what are your tips for working with Gen Z and getting the best out of them, apart from tearing out what's left of your hair? Let us know on our socials on Facebook, Twitter, Insta, and of course, LinkedIn. This is Disrupt Radio, and I'm Sunil Badami. See you next time for the next shift. Conscious Capital. Better business for a better world. I'm Tane Hunter. My background is in cancer research, data science, and machine learning, what everyone is calling artificial intelligence at this point in time. We uncover the extraordinary stories of the change makers who are rewriting the rules and making the world a better place. To explore what's happening on the frontiers of science and technology and seek out stories of human progress. Conscious Capital features a lineup of fascinating guests, visionary entrepreneurs, innovative nonprofit leaders, and influential impact investors. We're focused on the solutions rather than the problems. Conscious Capital. Live on DAB+. Online and on demand at disrupt.radio.